0: Not-so-famous cases of
1: Moida ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking.
0: Debunking. Interesting you should say debunking. Oh, why is that, Kim? <gasps> okay, so today is going to be an interesting one. Um, we're covering something historical, which Ooh. you know I love. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. There's murders. Ooh. Ghosts. Ooh. Legends. Ooh. A little bit of lore. Oh, you know what comes after that? Debunking. Debunking. We get to Debunking. check all of the boxes today. We don't oh, get to wow. do that a lot. It's kind of awesome. That's great. I'm so excited. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Lavinia Fisher. Ooh. America's oh. America's first. You've heard of her. You know her. I, I'm... Not personally, you
1: know, we don't go back that far, but
0: have heard a thing or two. Heard a thing or two. She's considered by some to be America's first female serial killer. You have notes? I have notes. Uh, <laughs> my research suggests otherwise, but that's part of what we're going to unpack today. Ooh. Yeah. I cannot wait. Charleston, South Carolina. Have you been? Uh, yes.
1: I have not, but I have heard of it. Isn't there like a really nuts prison there? Funny you should say that.
0: <laughs> That's going to play in later. One thing Ooh. at a time. I'll just pump the brakes then. Yep. Yeah. Uh, early 1800s, bustling time in Charleston. Uh, this was a fun piece of trivia I read. This is not something I knew. Apparently, it was second in population only to New York City at the time. Really? Yeah. That's wild. To be fair... <laughs> A large part of that was enslaved people. Ah. Yeah. Uh, There was also a very large wealth gap between people. That makes Uh, sense. (laughs) Marie D. McInnes wrote in the Politics of Taste in Antebellum Charleston, throughout the Antebellum period, the top 4% of the population controlled more than 50% of the city's wealth. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, after the War of 1812, there was this big economic downturn, which resulted in something called the Panic of 1819.
1: That sounds familiar to me. I think I know it, but my history is failing me currently.
0: You know what? This is one that I was like, say what now? <laughs> I was not, I was not oh. super familiar with it. I looked it up. Um, over, over, oversimplifying it, uh, after the war... There was this this kind of growth in trade that mm-hmm. abruptly halted in eighteen nineteen, and again, there's a lot of really intricate reasons for this it Google is a thing if you want to know more, like Google it. This is not what today's episode is about, but this this downturn, you know it led to unemployment, foreclosures, banking failures, property value falling it It's a time that's referred to as America's first great depression. oh dang, yeah. So you've got all this unrest, people don't have enough money, but you still have travelers coming to Charleston, because it's this big city, which led to a rise in highwaymen, or as I like to call them, land pirates. Land pirates? Land pirates. What is a land pirate? A highwayman. Ah. Oh. I mean, just, <laughs> just like the person that goes around a horse and is like, give me your money so just like a robber.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't sound cool. Land pirate is more fun. I will land give you that. Land pirate is
0: so much more fun. I want to be a land pirate.
1: I mean, it's doable. You could okay. do it. Yeah, is 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 the gain worth it? I don't know. Maybe be do one for Halloween as a costume once and
0: uh try it out, see how it fits. We'll we'll see how it fits As next Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um but, like, this whole, this whole situation, this is, this is bad, right? This is like downtown Seattle as it is now. <laughs> Wolf, There's too much crime. There's danger. You, you hear about all this crime and danger. Nobody wants to go there. Right. Like downtown Seattle right now. That's accurate. Yeah, <laughs> accurate. Uh, if you're traveling by horse or by coach, you have to make stops. You don't have a choice. Your horses, they need water. They also have to use the bathroom, which is just the floor. I was like, horses just kind of do that. Like, isn't that road apples? You're just, you're riding your horse. But you have to stop. Horses don't stop. No. Have you ever watched? They just poop, man. They walk and poop and poop and walk. I mean, I've seen both. It's like my nephew. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty. That's my life. Uh, So, no, but so you stop an inn, which in theory should be safer. The inns were often named. This is kind of cool. So they were named after their distance from town. Oh, so Lavinia Fisher and her husband, John, they operated six mile house, which was a boarding house, which would be shockingly six miles outside of Charleston. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's setting the scene for everything. As the legend goes, all of this, their boarding house was a front for the two of them to play serial killer. Lavinia had a reputation for being very beautiful and able to charm those who passed through. It was said she would flirt with the travelers and then she would offer them tea. I like tea. You love tea, Andrew. I true love prime. tea. I do. <laughs> this wasn't chamomile. It was not peppermint. It was not a nice Earl Grey hot. No, it was oleander tea. Ooh. Yes, you know oleander. Want to tell the people at home what oleander tea is? Oleander tea is a poison tea. That will Mm -hmm. kill you. It will kill you. At the very least, it would knock you unconscious. Pretty badly. Yeah. So she'd feed them this Oleander tea. John would rob them. And if the tea didn't kill them, John would stab them to death. (gasps) Oh, God. They would then put the bodies in a cellar. In some version of the stories, it's a trap door which leads down to the cellar, which, no, okay, I have to say, because that's like straight, that's some Sweeney Todd shit right there. Yep. That's what I kept thinking when I was reading about this. So I was like, this is like Sweeney and Mrs. Lovett. Uh huh. Without the meat pies.
1: <laughs> Although, missed opportunity.
0: <laughs> missed opportunity. I do hear the couple that slays together stays together. Stays together? Hey. (laughs) Now this had been going on for a while Until one of their guests One of their their victims Escaped in 1819 And ran to authorities to report it A posse was assembled The sheriff rode out to arrest them They did And when searching the house They made a shocking discovery (gasps) They went into the cellar They discovered a horrible stench And the decomposing remains of countless victims. No meat pies. No meat pies, man. That's a lot of wasted meat. Truly. Could have made a pie. The number that's given is often over 30. Oof. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. It really is. a lot of bodies. It's a lot of bodies. And bodies smell. Stinky. The couple was tried. They were found guilty and they were sentenced to hang. Now, Lavinia, being a delicate flower little lady, like all ladies, she was convinced that that, uh, this wouldn't happen to her because she'd be pardoned because, as we just said, she's a delicate little lady flower. When that didn't happen, she was like, fine, bitches, then I'm going to be wearing my wedding gown to my execution. I feel like the only way you could get me to put a wedding gown on again would be to... I don't know. Execution? No, that doesn't doesn't work. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) But also, like, that's a statement right there. That is a bold statement. (laughs) Yeah, that is like, I will not go quietly. Oh, she didn't. She was led to the platform by the pastor. She stopped him. And she said, quote, Cease. I will have none of it. Save your words for others that want them. But if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me, I'll carry it. Dun, dun, dun! And then, in a truly baller move, she leapt off the platform to her death. Dang. And as a result, again, as the legend goes, doing this trapped her spirit. Ooh. Some accounts say that her use of Oleander meant She was a witch. Eh? Eh, I mean, that's just people of that time, I guess. (laughs) Sure. Uh, There's also accounts that that say she was the first woman executed in the United States. Now, both of these things are absolutely not true. Fun fact, first woman executed in the United States appears to have been a woman named Jane Champion in the Virginia Colony in 1632. What a name. (laughs) Jane champion. Yeah, she yeah. was not a champion. Nope. She was hanged for murdering and concealing the death of her child. Oh. And it appears that the person who fathered said child was not her husband's. Ooh. Also, it looks like her lover helped kill her baby. He was also executed. Um, there you have it. Trivia you didn't know you needed in your life. <laughs> now, all of this is properly dramatic. It's a great story, isn't it? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Great. It's a great story.
1: I've heard it honestly. I've heard this story before. I remember when you brought this topic up. I was like, "Ooh, I remember this one." She got remember, hung in a wedding dress. Yeah, I remember you remember
0: that. this story? It's a great S- story. 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 So, story.
1: Kim, may I make the assumption mm. that now you are here to
0: provide accuracy? If it's, I may, you no. Know, it it's a it's it might be my brand. It's a little bit. That's a little bit. Little brandy. Um, my little, little brandy. Uh that <laughs> <It> was earlier. <laughs> Lavinia Fisher existed. That's true. Okay. She was executed by hanging, although not in her wedding dress. Oh, bummer. Sorry. <laughs> she was executed for robbery. Oh. And we're going to take a look at what actually Happens okay, all right. I do want to give a quick shout out to Bruce Orr's book, Six Miles to Charleston: The True Story of John and Lavinia Fisher. It is an utterly fantastic resource. Like, dude, hardcore researched this tale. Nice. Uh, so, so I, I pulled a lot of my facts from him. Cool, shout out. We don't know much about John and Lavinia Fisher prior to their initial arrest in 1819. We know John's father was a man named James Fisher. We know that John had three sisters, but he was the only son. Okay. We know Lavinia was born 1792 or 1793. I've seen both listed, Mm -hmm. but we don't even have the names of her parents, which also kind of puts her birth date a little bit up in the air. Sure. We know the Fishers have been running Six Mile House since 1814. We know John was 29. Lavinia was uh, 27, 28 when she was executed. That's pretty young. (laughs) Oh, it's insanely young. No, she wasn't even 30. Neither of them were 30. They were, they were, I mean, to be fair, in the 1800s, they were maybe not considered babies the way I look at people in their 20s. But, um... It's February 19th of 1819. There has been a horrible string of robberies, allegedly. 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 Happening outside of Charleston. Now, it got bad enough that a group of angry white dudes. (laughs) Is that like the formal terminology? (laughs) It is. You know what? I was reading about this angry mob and I was like, Can we just, can we just like, it's angry white dudes, right? That's, that's this angry mob. It's Charleston in 1819. This is an angry mob of white dudes. Yes. Uh, They decided, you know, it's a great idea. We, as angry white men, we should go out as a mob and figure out what's happening. No, but seriously, like, if history has taught us anything, a group of dudes going on a mission of vigilantism is an excellent idea! Oh, yeah. Yeah! Especially when there's zero suspects. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's not like there was any clues as to who might be doing these robberies. So they just kind of set out blindly, hoping, I don't know, they'll stumble across something. Oh, you know, like a witch? <laughs> She's a witch! It's great. I love it. Everyone's a witch. It's fine. They show up first at Five Mile House, which was five miles outside of Charleston.
1: So one mile away from
0: Lavinia's place. One mile away from Lavinia's place. Correct. Correct, sir. And they're like, um, so y'all need to get out or we're gonna burn your place down. Oh, no. Yeah. And, uh, they are understandably like, no, 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 thank you. And didn't immediately leave because why would you? If people showed up and they were like, hey, you need to leave. So the mob burned it down. So they head out. They arrive at Six Mile House. They tell everyone, get out so they can look around. Uh, or they're going to burn the place down. So, so everybody leaves. They that don't sounds- find anything. Yeah, they don't find anything. They leave one guy. A man named David Ross to stay and keep an eye on everything while they head out to keep looking. So they come back to Six Mile House and you've got David Ross here and David Ross is all pissy because he says he was assaulted. He says a man named William Hayward, who was the owner of Five Mile House, showed up and told him to leave. Now, to be fair, y'all just burnt down Five Mile House. Yeah, uh, that's a fair response. I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> so he then said, uh, in a statement, Hayward cursed him, collared him violently, and pushed him out of doors. The deponent then again re-entered the house and asked to take away the few articles that belonged to him. So, like, he came back for his stuff. Sure. Which I mean, again, <laughs> what do they tell you if you're being mugged?
1: Like, throw all of your things at the person and let them take everything that you have to save your life? Leave your fucking stuff, man. Yeah. Leave your stuff.
0: So, um, he he doesn't listen. He's like, I want my stuff. So he says, Hayward put his hand onto his bosom and said, you damned infernal rascal. If you lay your hand on anything, I will blow your brains out. (laughs) Oh, Wow, calling someone a
1: rascal and then also (laughs) saying I'm going to blow your brains out in the same sentence is just chef's kiss. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, John and Lavinia enter the scene with two other men who he doesn't know. And according to Ross, Lavinia Fisher laid violent hands upon him, choked and boxed his head through a pane of window glass, whilst endeavoring to get away from them. Hayward and Fisher beat him unmercifully with loaded whips aided and assisted by the other two men. Oof. I gotta say, when I was reading all this, it kind of cracked me up. Not like him getting beat up, but you've got Lavinia (laughs) Fisher coming around and being like, I'm putting your head through a window. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry. It's no. Funny. That that is. It's a good like phrase and visual. It's, it's it's the best of both worlds. Yes. So after fighting and struggling, David gets out. But this little group is following him. They're like shooting after him. And apparently, John Lavinia's husband yelled, "You damned infernal rascal! If I ever catch you, I will give you a hundred lashes." <laughs> If you're counting at home, that brings our damned infernal rascal count to two. So take a shot. I was going to say so many infernal rascals <laughs> here. You never knew this was going to be that kind of drinking game. Um, we don't say rascal enough. Can I just say that? We need we to say rascal it more. Yeah, let's go yeah. back. I support that. Oh, it doesn't sound super threatening. Like, you rascal, it's, it's kind of cute. It makes me think of like a really bad little kid. Yeah, no, I was like, this sounds like something I'd call my nephew if he was stealing cookies. Like, oh, you little rascal. That was, yeah. the, that was the little rascals. That was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. That's why yeah. they were called little rascals. Rascals. So David Ross gets away. Uh, a little bit after that, a man by the name of John Peoples. Oh. Yeah. What a name. He shows up to water his horse. Now, according to an affidavit he would later give, he's surrounded by nine to 10 people who are all armed, although he can't really identify any of them, though they had a woman with them, those bitches. Um, he's beaten. By these these men as he's trying to get away. And he would later say in a statement, the woman appeared to be the most active in beating him, cutting him over the head and eyes with a stick. Oh dang. Yeah. So he gets away. Uh, he has a couple guys go after him and rob him. He would also go on to say in a statement that he was pretty sure that the individuals, among them at least, was William Hayward, who was our friend who owned Five Mile House that burnt down, John and Lavinia Fisher. As well as two men, one named Joseph Roberts and one named John Andrews. He would ID them in a lineup. However, and this is the thing I kind of want you to press save on there is evidence, evidence, evidence to suggest that part of his identifying of those specific individuals had to do with the sheriff name dropping them specifically. Huh. Hmm. That's some shady shit. That's some shady shit. The sheriff would go out the next day to arrest them, and they didn't put up a fight. So the sheriff starts looking at the house. Now, this is the part in the story where they're supposed to find 30 bodies, right?
1: Yeah, and there's a trap door and no meat pies. Yeah,
0: there's a trap door and no meat pies. There was an absolute lack of meat pies. I have notes. Uh, there's no trap door. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no bodies in the cellar. Sorry again. I can't believe I'm apologizing for the fact that you did not find bodies in the cellar.
1: Well, it's just because it's such a great story and I have to be like, just kidding.
0: JK. I mean, honestly, it's like H.H. Holmes. Mm -hmm. People think that a lot more was happening than actually happened. That's a story for another day. Mm -hmm. Uh, They find the remains of a cow that had been killed recently. Poor baby. I mean, or, you know, I'm hungry. I want a hamburger. Because that's what they were making back then. <laughs> oh, I don't know their life. Fair. Um, to be fair, the cow appeared to have belonged to a resident in Charleston. So it's possible the cow was stolen. We don't know. The only reference to bodies found was an article that ran in the Charleston Courier a week later that references fresh graves found in the woods. So apparently, they found the grave of a man who'd been there for about 10 days, which means uh, a couple days before they were arrested, right? Mm -hmm. And the man appeared to have been shot. They find another body, the remains of what looked to be a young black woman, and it was estimated her body had been there for about two years, That's it. The only bodies found on the property. And honestly, there was nothing remarkable about the second body found. Just a body that was buried because they died. And it was not uncommon, particularly to bury enslaved folks on the property. Nothing to show foul play. No charges were filed for either of these deaths. Like the guy who was shot, honestly, he could have been a member of their gang and was shot by that redonkulous mob. Of angry white men? Of angry white men. So the Fishers are brought before a judge who is also apparently deaf. Wait, what? This was like such a random detail. Um, There's just these accounts of the lawyers having to just yell their arguments at him because he's deaf, which I find so funny. But also, like, if he's deaf, doesn't it not matter how loud you are? (laughs) Like, <laughs> I mean, mostly deaf. It's like my grandmother. She's got hearing aids. She's kind of deaf, but also, if you talk loud enough, she sort of hears you. But she has hearing aids. These people yeah, don't have hearing you, aids. You back hit then. a point of diminishing returns. <laughs> um, so they're indicted on assault with intent to murder for what happened to David Ross, who was our okay. first friend, our friend that was left behind at Six Mile House, right? right. Which we must note was done so illegally. They pled not guilty. They were not successful. They were found guilty. They're sent back to prison to await sentencing. They're being kept together because they're married. So they're kept together in this jail cell. But apparently it was super gross. Lavinia was complaining about it. She begged for better accommodation. So they moved them both to a section of the jail that was part of the debtor's prison, which also had a lot less security. Ah. Which gave them an opportunity. Sure. On September 13th of 1819, they attempted to escape with another prisoner. They made a hole under the window, used blankets as a rope to climb down. So first guy gets out the window. No problem. John starts down. The blanket breaks. Oh, no. Yeah. Lavinia is stuck in the cell. Guys run off, leaving her there. Rude. Well, what were they going to do? If they can't get back up there, if she makes a stink, guards come and discover them. If they make a stink, guards come and discover them. Fair. They don't leave town. There was a notice in the paper for a reward for five hundred dollars for their capture on September sixteenth. Which also—that's a substantial amount of money
1: at that time. Do you know at how much that time it qualified
0: for or how I it didn't. Would I can to? I can look it up real quick if you want me to.
1: If you want, your call.
0: Eh, that's fine. It was a lot. They were captured again on September 16th. What's interesting is that John had items and money on him that could have been gathered to bribe Lavinia's way out. Like, he stuck around. He could have pieced out of town if he wanted, but he didn't. So do you think he was going to go back to try to bribe her out? Absolutely. Everything I've read indicated he was very much in love with his wife and he very much was trying to
1: help save her yeah.
0: and save her. Yeah. Cause again, he could have easily left town. Right. If he didn't care, he would have left town. So they're both back in jail. They're sentenced on January 17th of 1820 to hang. But this is where things start to get interesting. Hmm. Because when they're sentenced to hang. Do you remember what the charges were? What they were found guilty of? Murder? No. Oh, look, no one. On the no story, one's dead.
1: In the story. In the in, not the actual in, real life. In
0: reality. In the real robbery. world. No, right? not robbery. Assault. 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 So they were gonna hang for assault? Well, that's again, no. They weren't going to hang for assault. This is where things get really messed up. Huh. Because what they were convicted of is assault on David Ross. What they were sentenced for, what they were sentenced to hang for, was for highway robbery of John Peoples. There's two different things. Those are two different things. And that is not how it is supposed to work. No. No. So clergy are coming to meet with them to counsel them. Lavinia is perpetually jumpy. She's distressed. She maintains her innocence. She is convinced she will be pardoned. And the thing is, is is there's not a lot of precedence for hanging the wives of people convicted of robbery. And she had, they both had support in Charleston. A lot of the white women of Charleston were appalled that a woman was set to hang. There was also matter, again, these were not what they were found guilty of. People were noticing that. How did that happen? Shady shit. There was even another man that came forward and confessed the crime. Although there were contradictions to his story and he was declared insane later. (laughs) Woof. So who knows on that count? Day of the execution finally comes. No one stood up for them? We're going to get there. Sorry.
1: I'm so excited.
0: The Charleston Courier printed on Friday, February 18th of 1820. The awful sentence of law is this day to be carried into effect upon John Fisher and Lavinia, his wife, who were sentenced to death for the crime of highway robbery. Now, the official hangman of Charleston, this was a job. This was, like, one dude's job. Dang. Guy who did it, he was so messed up from having to perform just, like, all these executions. He lived in the jail and was basically always drunk. I don't blame him. Neither do I. Uh, Attorney John Blake White would later write an essay about his experiences called Essays on Capital Punishment. And he met the hangman... And the first time he met him, he said, it, emphasize that, it, not he, it, Hmm. it stood at length erect before us, resembling more of an anatomical preparation than a true and living man. This was the executioner. We stood in the awful presence of a minister of justice and shrunk with reverential horror at his glance. Like, dude, to me, this is what you'd say if you were meeting a ghost or a boogeyman.
1: But that's fair. That's true. And I, you know what it makes me think of is like what you picture in like movies or cartoons of what an executioner would look like, where there's oh, like, yeah. you can't see that there's a person underneath mm-hmm. really, but it's just this like large, shadowy figure, but it's this like horribly, scary.
0: ghoulish, scary person. Yeah. But like, apparently, this dude just kept asking for booze. White would recall that he kept saying, but give me something to drink. I must have drink and I will be contented, which is horrible. Oh, yeah. Like this guy can only exist if he's drunk. So White would also write about how he heard a clergyman counseling the Fishers, as well as a lot of crying. As the fishers were later led out of their cell, Lavinia caught sight of the hangman and she screamed. They were wearing loose white garments over their clothes, not her wedding gown. That's probably maybe what people were with some of those accounts like, but so Six Mile House was burnt down. Like after, right after they were arrested, the house was burnt down. So even if she wanted to wear her wedding dress, it did not exist anymore because the house was burnt down. Also, the whole idea of a white wedding dress is a pretty modern concept.
1: I was just going to say, I don't think people in the early 1800s even wore white for wedding dresses yet. That was a very like 1900s. I think it was like 1920s, 30s. It became popular you wore your happening. nicest
0: dress. you wore your yeah. church dress or whatever you had. so but not white necessarily no. no. um, There was a big crowd, mostly due to the fact that a woman was being executed. yeah, and that was a whole thing. Also, there was cavalry around because there was a genuine concern people would mob trying to intervene. That says a lot. (laughs) Well, because, again, as we've covered, public opinion was very much on the side of the fishers, which is very much in contrast to how the legend plays out. Mm -hmm. So they get to the gallows. Lavinia wouldn't go up the steps. She had to be dragged up, which, again, (sighs) this is all very, very upsetting. This is a young woman who, as far as she is concerned, is probably being falsely accused. She's begging for help. She's alternating between begging and then and saying, like, women shouldn't be executed and then cursing the governor, which, again, I get, I get <laughs> it. Yeah. I'm I like, totally I'm with you, that. girl. No. And her husband's like, you know, honey, like, just be cool. Like, it sucks. It's inevitable. Um, and so he was kind of trying to calm her down, which is also sort of heartbreaking because he's he's about to die, too. And he's just trying to calm her down and get her relaxed as much as you can be when you're going to die. It's so rough. And she's just like, no, screw you. I don't want to die. And then she said her famous last words. And from what I can ascertain, this is really the only part of the legend that is 100% true. She did say that whole bit about, I'll bring your message to hell. Well, that's cool. That part and that part alone. Yeah, everything else sucks. Everything else sucks. Uh, some other witnesses to the execution would note, quote, her ravings were terrible and her husband's efforts to soothe her and point her to repentance were most touching. Oh. Yeah. Um, now this next bit, this next bit sort of, it debunks what is said to have happened with her flinging herself off the scaffold. But mm-hmm. I think it might point a little bit to the origin of this bit. Okay, because what seems to have happened is that the sheriff was looking at a document and she was convinced it was a document calling for her pardon. So she was all ready to like leap off being like, I'm free. And the sheriff kind of realized like, oh, no, 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 sorry, my bad. No. And put the document away. No, sorry, you're still going to die. Oh, my God. So she never leaps off, but there was reports of her kind of making a movement like, Oh, I'm so excited. I'm moving forward. Um, Everybody's getting really emotional. And not just the Fishers. Like, everyone in the crowd is getting really emotional. Now, John Fisher has this letter read that he wrote. And there was a bit of it, and I'm going to read this bit, that said, I swear I am innocent. May the Redeemer of the world Plead for those who have sworn away my life. And, like, here's the thing. You're going to die, right? Yeah. You're going to die. At this point, what good does it do you to maintain your innocence? I mean, so that people know that you were wronged, I guess. But, like, if this whole idea, because John at the end seemed to have made peace. He wanted Lavinia to find peace. Part of making peace would be if this is, if you genuinely did some of these crimes, you say, you know what? Yeah, I did these things and I want to meet our Lord. This is, again, this is the 1820s, you know. I want to meet our Lord. I want to go to heaven. I want to have... I, I repent, I shouldn't have done these things, I admit that I did it, I regret it, and I hope that, that I can be redeemed. No, that's not what he says. He says, may the redeemer of the world plead for those who have sworn away my life.
1: Yeah, he's innocent.
0: <laughs> it's interesting, if nothing else. Yeah, for sure. Their faces are covered platform they're on gives way, dropping them to their death. All accounts said by the end, Lavinia didn't struggle or protest when the time actually came. And she died basically instantly. It took John a couple minutes and there was at least one account that said it took 17 minutes for him to die. Oh my God. Which is horrifying. But what's interesting is that You know, I I looked at some newspapers after the fact and the time after his death and her death, and there was still a lot of questions. There was an article that ran on March 25th of 1820 in the Charleston Daily Courier. So, like, just over a month after their execution. Mm -hmm. And it states... The case of John and Lavinia Fisher, lately executed at Charleston, is a rare example of a female being put to death for highway robbery. In Great Britain, where a man and his wife are tried for robbery, it seldom happens that both are convicted. It is generally supposed that crimes committed on the highway by women in company with men are committed under the orders and directions of men only, and the guilt of the female accomplice is thereby lessened. For frequently, such cooperation is compulsory, as may have been the case with Lavinia Fisher. It is somewhat strange that John Fisher persisted to the last in his innocence whereas his wife made no declarations of innocence at all. If she alone was guilty, ought he to have suffered? If she acted under the orders of her husband or was influenced by his threats, ought she to have suffered? Or, to put the question another way, ought either to have been hanged for highway robbery? That's the ultimate question. Yeah. And again, this is
1: 1820.
0: This is a month after they're executed. That is wild. How did that even happen? So we're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna look at that <laughs> a little bit, and not as much as I would like, because honestly, what I sort of uncovered, I was like, oh shit, this is this is a level of conspiracy theory. This is a level of conspiracy theory. That's a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. So, is there innocence possible? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, there was another woman who was seen at the scene of the crimes, a woman named Jane Howard. And um, the description of the woman who assaulted John Peoples was tall and stout. Prior to, like, spending a year in jail, which is gonna not make anyone their best self, Lavinia was always described as being very beautiful. Now, not that you can't be tall, stout, and very beautiful, but generally, if beauty is one of the, like, things that people find very striking upo- about you, something they note, that's part of your description. Yeah. This one was gorgeous. She was so beautiful. She was really tall and kind of stout. There you go. Beauty was never mentioned. So it's a little weird that John Peoples never made note of that. And if we're breaking down the events, William Hayward owned Five Mile House, which the mob burned down. At Six Mile House, the mob chases them off, leave some dude, David Ross, behind. So if i have been chased off my property, came back, found one dude, would I be a little hostile? Yeah. Right? For sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. A point that gets made by Bruce Orr in his Six Miles to Charleston book, David Ross was not robbed. They kicked him out. They wouldn't let him come back to get his stuff, which again, dude, you're in my freaking house. Get out. They never robbed him.
1: Did he think because he couldn't go back to get his stuff that he was no. robbed?
0: Because, again, they weren't tried for robbing David Ross. They were tried for assaulting him and found guilty of that. They were hanged for robbing John Peoples. Oh. John Peoples, the man who stopped at Six Mile House to water his horse, who was robbed. In order to get to Six Mile House, he'd have to pass Five Mile House which had just been burnt down. That's not weird. That's not something that makes you pause. No, that is weird. And remember, up until now, this is still all mob justice. No actual authorities have come in to arrest anyone because it's just a bunch of angry white dudes. No actual crime has been committed. Oh, also, did I mention the sheriff, the same one who was supposedly... Uh, who would later like supposedly name drop John and Lavinia. He's up for reelection and people are kind of pissy at him because uh, yeah. of crime. So one of Orr's arguments is that you've got this mob that gets together to go out and do something about the robberies. This already implies a lack of trust in your public safety authorities. So is this a way for the sheriff to swoop in and save the day? improve his reputation, secure re-election. Now, Bruce Orr goes into a lot more detail about this. He also brings up a fact, and again, it's a thing that, that this would be, and this would add easily another like 20 minutes of, up to the episode that, that we don't really need to get into, but there was some really shady shit in regards to the land ownership. Oh. At the end of the day, despite all of these different people supposedly being involved, because remember at one time John People said nine to ten people assaulted him. You know the only people who ended up being executed? Sean and Lavinia. And William Hayward, the owner oh. of Five Mile House.
1: That's three people. It's three not people. Nine
0: to 10. The only people executed were those that owned the properties. Oh, that's messed up. It's insanely messed up. Um, and that that this may have all been some kind of elaborate plan to get some land back that had been lost. So again, if, if you want to read the full account, pick up Bruce Orr's book. He goes into great detail about his whole theory and all of the shady shit behind the scenes. But it was enough to make me go, Yeah. I mean,
1: it's, first of all, wild how different the truth is from the story. A Oh,
0: so different.
1: Just that in itself. But then B, the fact that it's not that it's just different, but it
0: sounds like they were killed when they shouldn't have been. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's not just they were killed when they shouldn't have been. People recognize that, and no one did anything about it. Well, but what do you do? I mean, like they had the cavalry there because they were afraid people would do something about it. But I mean, how did it get to that point? Like, I think that's where
1: I have questions. Of like, (sighs) yeah, me too. Um, Where did that transition from their original, you know, charge to the death sentence?
0: It was a different charge. And that's, I think, the part where it's just, it still kind of makes very little sense to me yeah, how that can happen. Make any sense. Well, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a step further. Um, okay. another interesting detail that popped up, and again, this is all Bruce Orr. Like, bless this man. He did some crazy research. Nice. Lavinia. I mentioned there's very little details about her. Like we're even a little mm, sketchy on her date of birth. Right. We don't know who her parents were. Right. Uh, there was a lot of talk before Lavinia was executed about the audacity of executing a woman coming from all these white women and also the executing a white woman. There are accounts of Lavinia being described as having darker skin. Now, that can mean a lot of different things, right? Sure. However, in 1810, John Fisher's uncle purchased two black girls. One was named Sally. Want to guess what the other one was named? Lavinia. Lavinia. Not a common name, Lavinia. Hmm. Uncle lived in North Carolina. As did John at one point in time. Now, is it possible John falls in love with this girl? She has fair enough skin to possibly pass as white? They moved to South Carolina. There's no marriage documents for the Fishers. Like, we actually don't see when they got married. Wow. Maybe it was never legally documented. This would also account for the fact that we have virtually nothing about her background. And again, it's another theory. It's, it's, it's based on the few little things that pop up, but like that one blew my mind.
1: That's pretty wild. That also would like unfortunately make more sense about why they were okay with hanging her.
0: It 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 could speak to that and why like they again they moved they they moved to Six Mile House they were living on the out of town six miles out of town so part of that could have been because they were kind of trying to protect her and that's the thing too you see all these accounts like John Fisher obviously adored his wife he loved his wife um so it's it's. I don't know. The whole thing I just find really, really troubling. And and it sucks because we will probably never know exactly why things went down the way they went down or how they went down. But what I do know is that history has done a huge disservice to both of them.
1: Oh, for sure. It almost makes me more angry that no one knows the real story about the Venus um, for sure.
0: So going into our next section... Oh, I will be I will be getting a little angrier, but I do want to I do want to touch on something first, Um, because like, okay, at some point, this story got real distorted because you look at what actually happened and you see what the legend became and you're like. How? But how? But why? But 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 why? How did we get here? Telephone. Because there's like no, there's no. Well, no, but not even telephone. That's worse than telephone. That's because so much there's, worse. Because there's there's no dead bodies. There's no dead bodies. So how do we go from highway robbery to thirty bodies in your basement in a trapdoor? Like that's the kind of telephone my four year olds play. You know, in drama class. But that's not. That's that's not a normal game of telephone. No. So it looks like most of the credit for this originates with a man named Peter Nielsen. He wrote a thing called Six Years Residence in America. He's a Scottish dude. It was published in 1830, 10 years after the executions. He said he was there, saw the whole thing. He wasn't. That was a lie. Great. Great start. Yeah. (laughs) But this is where it seems the initial ridiculous accounts of the case came from. He writes of the property, quote, on digging through this den of iniquity, a great number of skeletons were found. No doubt the remains of unfortunate travelers. I no doubt. <laughs> but like that is the first time there's reference to bodies being found on the property. Sure. Uh, there was a book published in 1947 called Charleston Murders, which further took the story to another level, embellishing the murders and the wickedness. Uh, maybe one of the weirdest things I uncovered, though, there was an article in 1922 about her skeleton being on display. I've heard about this. Oh, OK. Except it's bullshit. Oh, damn it. so this. This article, and that's the thing. This article ran in the paper. It's talking about oh, the skeleton. It was Lavinia Fisher. It was owned by a medical college. They donated it to the Charleston Museum. They displayed it, but they had to take it down because people were like spitting on it. Hey! Except from all of the research I could find, her body was buried in a potter's field right after the execution. So how'd the bones get somewhere else? It's, it's not. It's not her. It's just not her. So (laughs) let's talk ghosts.
1: All right. We've done the debunking, but
0: there's more. Oh, no, there's more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Can't wait. Let's do it. Because the ghost of Lavinia Fisher is said to pop up in a couple places in Charleston. Mostly, she's seen around the old city jail. Yes, that's the one I was Mm -hmm. talking about. 21 Magazine Street. She was held there before her execution. Her spirit seen in the hallways, walking around, looking out of the windows. There's been reports of feeling like they're being watched. Uh, women are allegedly warned about wearing jewelry if they're touring the jail because Lavinia likes shiny things. <laughs> That's very funny. I'd, I mean, also, same. Um... <laughs> There have been reports of people in the jail, guides, workers being pushed or even choked. Although, again, there's a lot of spirits there. Uh, I don't know why. How? Like who, who knows? That that's not necessarily Lavinia. Right. Um. Okay. God, I have to brace myself here. Sorry. You know who else has been to the jail to investigate, Gabby? Who? It's our good friends, Ghost Adventures. Oh, your friend Zach Bagans? My friend Zach Bagans. I watched it because I felt like I had to. <laughs> um, Man, there's times in life where I get annoyed watching content. There's times in life where I get angry watching content. Then there was me yesterday watching this. What was, what was that, Kim, like? So, right from the get-go, all he's doing is talking about the Fishers and how Lavinia was this vicious serial killer. Like, Zach Baggins even made a comment uh, as he's hearing some of the stories being shared with him where he said, quote, I somehow seem to attract psychotic evil women. (laughs) And, like, Gabby, I wish... um, you, you understand because you know me like this pisses me off so much. Oh, yeah, because this dude has a platform. He has resources to verify stories. And instead, he glorifies this myth that she was this evil, demonic woman, which in all likelihood, at worst, they maybe robbed some people. And there's a very real possibility that they did nothing. And when people say, why do you dislike Zach Bagans so much? Why do you dislike Ghost Adventures so much? It's because of this. Because, like, I have such a problem with reporting history when you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Preach. And, it, no, it's because, like, oh, yeah, she's this evil female serial killer. Fuck you. She's another woman who has been demonized by history. And it makes me so mad because this is not information. This is not research that was hidden. These were these articles that I found talking about how they were hung for highway robbery. Uh, Newspaper.com, man. Not even Google. Google has some of them. This was not hard information to find. To be fair,
1: this is why I got annoyed when I watched Ghost Adventures for last episode that I did. Yeah. (laughs) Because similar situation. Uh, You report information because it sounds good not because but, it actually happened.
0: It's so irresponsible. Oh, for sure, but I don't
1: think he really cares about being responsible. I think he cares more about making money. No, and I and again,
0: it's I just people watch this and take what he says as truth, and that's I think what I find the most upsetting. Because you expect if it's being reported in a show that they are doing their research. Something at least like as well known as this. Yeah.
1: It's it's really interesting that you bring this up and I think we should definitely talk about this on another time cuz I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole on this episode but recently um Ghost Daddy had Katrina weidman um mm-hmm. on she if you guys don't know who she is she's done a bunch of different ghost shows um on a, a Zoom call that we did with her and Fingers crossed at some point she'll be on our podcast as a guest. But she said she'd do it. We just have to figure out when. Um, However, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, how do you differentiate between, like, the quality of a show and, like, legitimacy of what is being portrayed Mm -hmm. versus what's being put out there for entertainment or money-making or views or what have you. And it's a really big, um, hot topic, really, really. that we could definitely talk about for a long time. But, I mean, this also goes back to what this ma- this particular story makes me think of is the Winchester Mystery House mm. and Sarah Winchester. And, mm-hmm. like, Ghost Adventures also did that one. Mm. And they didn't talk – they did, mm. like, multiple ones on that one
0: mm. and never, ever mm. talked
1: about, like, the actual truth of what happened, yeah. which is, again, accessible.
0: So I hear you. I feel you. I, I can understand when – the evidence 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 doesn't exist or where it's so buried that cursory searches don't pop you know like have it pop up but like the there's there's literally nowhere nowhere where they talk about bodies being found save for the two like the two graves on the property that were unrelated Which, that were yeah. not yeah and it that that was not that was that was not deep dive research. That was just like, uh, oh look, no bodies were found. <laughs> sure. Um, well, it also
1: makes me think about like just how corrupt people were back then. Um, yeah. And continued to be for money, popularity.
0: Well, we we see this in a lot you? of our historical cases too, like the domino effect of, you know, one dude writes a book in 1830 where he talks about bones being found in the cellar, and so newspapers pick it up. And so now, if I'm a human looking back, and maybe that's the source I see is a newspaper referencing this book. We saw with the Jersey Devil how we got there. Like, you, you see it in all these cases where uh, even the beast of Gevantin like, the we, we start here, something gets misreported, but now it's in the newspaper, so it's fact. And uh, something i know we try really hard to do and i and 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 acknowledging that there's times we're not going to get it right too right. but something that we try really hard to do is is okay this is the story let's follow that trail back to the first time this is reported so we can figure out the origin of it and debunk it or or not <laughs> or support it or support it but if, if, if doing ghoulish tendencies has taught me anything is that even sources in a newspaper, you have to question mm-hmm. particularly older sources. Sure. So, yeah. So it, it's, it's uh, this, this whole episode, I kind of rage watched and I got very upset and, and, um, cause I just honestly, I was coming fresh off of all this research too of Lavinia and I just, I feel so bad for her and John. Because even if they were robbing people, let's say that part of the story is true. So what? They're robbing people in a time where there was a lot of financial hardship happening. Did they deserve to die for that? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. But there's just so much shady shit involved. There's so much shady shit. And and so, no. So I was I was not feeling particularly charitable. And again, if you're a fan of Zach Baggins, I'm sorry. Uh, except I'm uh, not really. Because honestly... <laughs> I was going to say, are you, though? I don't think you are. Well, no, because I, I would say if you are genuine, and I would love to hear from somebody who who is a hardcore fan of his and, and defends him, because I, I would love to hear why, knowing, because you and I time and time again have seen how he's misrepresented facts, I would love um, to hear from somebody who can defend that. If you really like him and you think he's speaking truth, cool. Write us something. Tell us why. Uh
1: you just would think with that level of production you'd do the due diligence of the research.
0: One and okay, to be fair, like he's talent, right? I, I shouldn't honestly I shouldn't hate on Zach Baggins the way I do because he's talent. He's showing up and doing his job. Yeah, but he's it's showing his up show. and doing a job. But it's but it's his name and it's his show and it's his reputation. So yeah. never mind. I can hate on him.
1: Yeah, no, you get permission.
0: Um Sorry, I, that was a longer rant than I intended. I just, okay. I, was, I was genuinely upset while watching this, listening to the, how they were speaking about her, calling her evil, calling her crazy, having an actor reenact her last clip, which also those that quote. It's a really different quote. Her last words. When you think it's some like evil woman cursing you versus when you think it's this poor woman who's terrified to die. Who's so scared of death. A young woman who's, again, probably innocent. And is just, because now it's just sad. But she's become a punchline of history. Anyway, ghosts. Uh, (laughs) Ghosts. He, um... He interviewed the Zach Baggins. He interviewed this one guy that worked there and told the story about how one time at band camp, no, that's not right, uh, how one time <laughs> late at night he thought he saw a figure through the windows, but then he realized it wasn't someone in the windows outside. It was someone in the room with him. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, she's seen on the third floor looking out into the street. They did, of course, they did a whole investigation in the jail. They used a spirit box. Oh, it's your favorite. Yeah. Uh, They're asking if she has a message for someone. Like, do you have a message for someone? And the voice comes through the spirit box that supposedly says the devil. Oh, how convenient. (laughs) Honestly, though, I kept hearing Adele. Oh, that would be so much funnier. So I was like, oh, that's so nice. They have a message for Adele. Maybe they're saying hello. I love it. Is she going to sing one of her ballads? She's going to sing one of her ballads. If, if you get a chance to watch it, tell me what you think that's being said. Because I kept hearing Adele, but they kept saying the devil. And I was like, oh, okay. Also, why would
1: you – this makes no sense to me. If you are a ghost True. and said that you were going to bring someone's message to hell after you die – yeah, Why would you dead. say that you have a message for the devil to humans who cannot communicate with the devil when you're already dead and hypothetically already with him?
0: Like, I think they were saying, like, do you have a me- – I don't know, man. The whole thing was so weirdly phrased. I was like, this uh, – well, I, I also – I hit a point where I felt like my soul was dying. So as the episode went on, I started to disengage from my own sanity. Um Fair spirit box has got more things, which like I mean, come on, like you know how I feel about spirit boxes, so I'm gonna try to not be a dick right now uh, <laughs> we're gonna leave out of that it's 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 a low bar um. <laughs> There was a white mist. they saw there was like some banging sounds. I don't know again, I, I hit a point during the episode where my soul died, and it left my body. and but uh, again, like so what you said earlier, how do you why is it
1: Lavinia? It's a jail. Like there's probably a million people haunting so
0: that place. Many. like, and you cannot prove it's her. So well, like, And to that point, so Lavinia is also said to haunt the Unitarian Church Cemetery on Archdale Street. Because, you know, they say she's buried there. They say? Well, no, she's not buried there. So again, I don't know what bitch is haunting that cemetery, but it's not her. (laughs) it's another one. Yeah. Someone who is buried there. But but that's just it. It's it's we say ghost because somebody who maybe's cousin's uncle's brother maybe sneezed in that location once so that must be who haunts it because they're famous. I don't know. Uh <laughs> that's 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 it. <laughs> Those are all that's, the ghosts. That's all of them. It? That's it's. I mean, of note, yeah. Uh, I, I I got kind of depressed after Zach Baggins. and and that's then, the, then the Unitarian Church stuff. I was like, except she. That's not her because she's not buried there. Also, it's just a sad story, so it's I don't so sad. blame you for being like
1: bummed about it because yeah. that really sucks. Like just. Ugh. When we, I mean, I know the world sucks and people are awful, but like, God, they've been awful for such a
0: long time. I did not expect this to go in a direction of. Bummerville, USA? Yeah, no, like, I thought, okay, we'll debunk some things. It'll be not quite this story. Like, no, this, this, like, I was. I, I. I feel for her, man. Like I am genuinely distressed by what history has done to her and her husband. Cause I, I think it's, it's, it's really sad. And I, I hate the fact that there could be like, this is how the story might be getting told on ghost tours that not her real story, but this bastardized version of it that makes her into some kind of like evil serial killing witch. When she was just this young woman who didn't want to die. It's so like, sad. It's sad, man. It just it kind of it bummed me out in a way I was not anticipating when I started down this topic. So you're welcome, listeners. At least well, this time I mean, we didn't kill children. That's fair. But I I also
1: had no idea. Like when you originally yeah. brought up this topic, I knew the story that you told in the beginning because mm-hmm. of ghost shows, because mm-hmm. of stuff I've listened to and. Specifically, um, there's one podcast, I forgot the name of it, I'll have to look it up and tell you at some time, but I listened to it and it was about, um, I don't think it was Southern Gothic. There's another one. Southern Gothic's also good, but mm-hmm. there's some like cool stories about the South and hauntings in the South, um, and one of them talked about that particular jail and an experience that Um, The the guy who did the podcast was a a ghost tour guide there and had actually had a lot of like legitimate experiences there but didn't say it was Lavinia. It was just more so about the jail than it was about her, Mm -hmm. um, which is much more legitimate in my opinion. But like some of the stories that he told were really terrifying and like scary. So but again, it's not about Lavinia. It's about the jail. And that's, I think, a more, I don't know. I, I would believe that more than just hearing that Lavinia does all these things. But I don't doubt that that jail is haunted. That jail is probably haunted as shit. It's just oh, absolutely. may or may not and, be her.
0: And like they, there was, there was a, a couple other like stories I read about the jail in my research for Lavinia that were very much not Lavinia. And, and anytime, any location you have where you've got high volumes of people going through, mm-hmm. you are absolutely going to, to have multiple spirits. Um, I just uh yeah I don't know I and and maybe if I had watched this episode prior to doing the bulk of my research um, it wouldn't have upset me so much but from the second they're calling her an evil serial killer I was like I'm out like you've just you've crushed any credibility you may have ever had going into this, because now everything you say, I'm just, like, I'm calling bullshit on.
1: That's literally what happened when I was watching The Conjuring. Yeah. Because they yeah. referenced information differently, but what was nuts about that was that they were using Andrea Perrin on the show,
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: then made me question her credibility because but of again, how she, she was it. a But again, she was a
0: child, Yeah, so Which at also, least... We, which we we spoke of in yeah. the last episode. Like I'm I'm willing to give some grace to people who experience this, particularly when they're children, because I can absolutely understand continuing to believe it or believing yes, but something. Her story has changed. Yeah, it, it's changed and evolved
1: in in the things that she has produced, and you know it, it's tough to believe someone's legitimate interest in the topic as opposed to fame or money. Sure. for sure. a show yeah fair <laughs> man <sighs> Bomber Bomberville USA welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah so again sorry it kind again of, it kind of took a turn that I was not expecting um however,
1: may I make a, a comment sure. very quickly I am proud of you and us for covering this and bringing the truth to light for all of the people that have heard of Lavinia Fisher before that listen to mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and can be learning a little bit of a different story than what you probably already knew, just like I did today um, and kind of understand what
0: actually happened. And again, I would say read Bruce Orr's book, like honest to goodness, he, I think he really deserves all the credit for, for bringing this story to a new light and taking the time to bring attention to it, to do all this research, like, uh, like her Wikipedia page is still grossly inaccurate. I mean, it's Wikipedia. It's Wikipedia, but like, you know, I, I I tend to find with a lot of these where, where there's been some kind of revelation on something, it, it gets updated. It's not really been updated in this case. And he wrote this book, I believe, I don't know, two, 2010, something like that. Um, but but I I very much want to make sure he is getting his his due credit because uh, sure. I wouldn't have even known some of the directions to go down I think if if I didn't read his book and see where he was going with stuff to know like oh this is where I should be looking cuz this is where uh this is where you're going to find the truth. So it's, it's if you want to learn more about the case, uh, in even greater depth, um, read his book. He gives a lot of historical context. He goes in depth about the, the possible theory of, um, this all happening because somebody wanted the land back. There's, there's a lot of things in it that, that are very much worth reading. If you want to go even deeper. Cool. Uh well, yeah and and again you can see on our website a list of all of our sources including all the details on his book.
1: Well that sounds like a really good segue too. Hey. And this
0: brings us to
1: Creepy Critics Corner. Creepy Critics Corner.
0: Kim, I know you've been reading that book. I have. <laughs> But what have you been watching? What else? I finally started the new Interview with the Vampire series. Oh, gosh. I want to watch it so bad. I haven't watched it yet. It's so good. Oh, is it? Oh, man. Do I have to pay for AMC just so I can watch it? It's so good. Um, It's so gay, and I love it so much. <laughs> uh, no, like, seriously. Because, you know, Okay. Okay, we've read the books. If you've read the the Anne Rice books, like they're gay. Um, they're they're hella gay. <laughs> like the O'Reilly. That, that's the like is, technical
1: is, term for yeah, it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um but you watch the 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 movie from the mm-hmm. 90s with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, and they're mm-hmm. like, Oh look, they're buddies.
1: Yeah, except when he's turning them and it's just very sexual. Well, but
0: that's as gay as it gets, right?
1: Yeah, it doesn't get much gayer than that. But even then, it's definitely Oh
0: no, this is This is just, this is just, they're, yeah, they fucking. (laughs) Oh, okay. Like, this is, it's hot. It's, they are a couple. They love each other, except it's, like, the most toxic relationship ever. Um, There's been changes made to the story. But they all work very much. Uh, I, I've I again. I'm 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 a couple episodes into season one. It's been renewed for a second season. Oh, the yeah. acting spectacular. It's beautifully shot. It oh. really is gorgeous. So I do need to watch it. And it but it all takes place. They've they've bumped the story up. It starts in like 1910, New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah, but it works. It nice. very much works. So I I I really love this you feel the utter respect for the source material. You feel this honor to the source material, but it's being adjusted and updated and, and made to work in this retelling. And honestly, what it, what it reminds me of in terms of the level of care taken, but also adapting, changing, updating, is uh, the Hannibal series. Which when when the Hannibal TV series was first announced, I was like, "How are you even going to do this? How are you going to do this? Like, what even?" And I think it was so clever. And I I mean, I've 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 been a long lover of the series. This is not new for me to be talking. We've about We've talked it. about it. before. Yeah, I, I, I guess again, I think it it was it was so well done. It was so brilliantly acted. I think Mads Mikkelsen, honestly for me, is the definitive Hannibal Lecter. Um. Uh, I think that it's it it again it honors the source material it updates where it needs to it adjusts where it needs to it reimagines and it's very smart very creative and beautifully shot the new series it does what it needs to do to update it and uh yeah it's I I am am excited to continue watching um and I'm excited for season two. I'm excited that AMC is doing a whole expansion into the universe because they have a show coming out in um January, I believe, of of uh 2023 on the um oh the Mayfair Witches. That's it. Uh so they're they're doing this whole like Anne Rice universe. Cool. Which so I, I do need to pay for AMC. No, like honestly, if 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 any of it is a reflection of what they're doing in 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 the Interview with Vampire show, if if they are are staying, if they are taking kind of that same effort and vein and whatever with this new series, I'm absolutely here for it, and I'm excited. That's Sorry. exciting to hear mm-hmm. because
1: now I've had it on the back burner because money. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, I pay for every other streaming oh, service, and like now I'm gonna have to do another one. <laughs> Maybe I'll I'll wait till I can get it elsewhere, but if you're as gung-ho about it as you are, I might need to just suck it
0: up and do I mean, it. You can always come over and watch it at my place.
1: <laughs> fair. Fair, fair, fair.
0: What you nice. been watching?
1: Um, so, funny story. Oh, okay. uh, I was on a plane over the weekend. I went to there snakes? LA back. You know, uh, just a quick trip. And on the way back, I wanted to watch a movie. So... Mm-hmm. They had, like, every single Leonardo DiCaprio movie known to man on this airplane. I don't know if he has, like, paid Delta to have all of his movies on Delta <laughs> or what, but I thought it was very comedic that, like, Basketball Diaries was on there. And oh, jeez. Like, that movie of all That's movies. That's kind of deep cuts now. Really deep cut. And, like... Also, I was surprised at how many like rated R movies were on there and that like accessible to anyone because, you know, little kids can be around. Mm-hmm. So I forgot for a moment that I was in a public place sure. uh, sitting on the aisle seat mm-hmm. and I see Bram Stoker's Dracula is on there. And I'm like, ooh, yes, I haven't watched this in a while. I think I'm going to bring it back. And I forgot how many boobs are in oh, yeah. Rob Stoker's Dracula. There's a, there's a lot of boobs. <laughs> Lots of boobs. I had like l- A little kid sitting, like, right eh. across the aisle from me, like, Builds seven. character. Like, a little boy. And I was eh. like, mm, okay, character. you are, if you have not yet been exposed to boobs, today's the day. You also eh. get exposed to vampires, you know? Can't, it's a great, great movie. Great, bad movie, but also just, like, classic. Such a... I freaking love that movie. I I can't. It's so good. Like (laughs) Gary Oldman just in it is so insanely good. Oh,
0: yeah. No. And like, like, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: His weave as a human is just chef's kiss. And it's it's also just so good. Uh, uh, good. Anthony Hopkins also the jokes that he like makes in it. I forget how funny they are.
0: He's funny, Um, man. He's like, he's funny partially because you don't expect it but he's like almost borderline inappropriate funny in Dracula and that's
1: what honestly it's subtle it's super subtle but it's very funny if you pay attention to it so I was pleasantly surprised in the air by boobs and Anthony Hopkins sense of humor in Dracula. Sounds like a
0: good day boobs Um, and Anthony Hopkins it's gonna be the name of my autobiography (laughs) can't wait to read it
1: Um, and then so I watched that it's kind of like a oldie but a goodie but I figured the context would be funny Um, and if you haven't seen that movie what are you doing with your life Uh, right Uh, I also saw it once a few years ago at the Museum of Pop Culture at Mopop um, Mopop. where they had a bunch of drag queens come out and present it first dressed as characters from (sighs) dracula i think i it was need like that a, in my life it was it was pretty great it was pretty fantastic and then i actually joined our friend ghost daddy on monday yesterday mm. for a little ghostly cinema moment nice. where uh he does this thing every monday where he'll stream something ridiculous that's on discovery plus mm-hmm. that usually would piss you off um and yeah so- it's
0: it's it's three-fourths of why i can't always join in because <gasps> even though i teach mondays usually uh that's into true. the evening but like Man, my rage can only handle
1: so much. So I decided to join because I had some time, and I don't usually have time. And we love Ghost Daddy. I love Ghost Daddy. I want to give him some some credits and Uh a shout-out. And, like, also the shit-talking that happens on those are always just such a great time. So (laughs) um, we watched uh, The Haunted Museum, something of your friend Zach Bacon's. Three Ring Inferno. Um, Dear God, it was so bad.
0: Mama tap Um, out.
1: (laughs) But like, okay, you know how there's ghost shows that like interview people that actually went through something and then they tell their story, but then they have a reenactment and there's like a full Mm -hmm. reenactment scene that's like Mm -hmm. over-dramatized, but you don't really hear people talking as much and it's usually the storytelling on top of it, like Mm -hmm. that type of ghost show. Mm -hmm. So this one shows Zach Bagans in front of a red curtain like he's about to do a performance, which I'm like, is he going to tell the whole story sitting in front of a red curtain? Okay. Mm. Um, mm. And then it's a full reenactment show. The whole thing is reenacting. There is horrible acting in it. Like, very, very, very bad acting in it.
0: Oh, um, I, have and notes. I have notes.
1: There was one scene where, and the, the whole premise is that there's this kid and his dad that um, and this is a rather new show, so like I really don't care if I'm ruining this for anyone because it's already bad. So like,
0: you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna watch it, so get better taste, <laughs> or just listen
1: to me telling you what happened and hear my bad jokes. Sure. Um, but basically, it's a premise of this father and son go to flea markets uh, and steal from them, sure. and then try to pawn off the stuff that they steal. Totally. And they find this one uh, flea market that has a bunch of like circus shit. And this kid steals uh, a suitcase, gets home, opens it up. And there's like a weird tent inside of it, like a small tent and a picture of a fire, like a fire, uh, a circus fire. Okay. And it's like a black and white photo. And there's like people running around, you know, chaos. Uh And he sets the tent up because what else are you going to do? And then it opens up a portal to this other dimension where it was the event of this. Circus fire. And there's like creepy clowns. Dad's an idiot yelling at the kid the whole time. Totally abusive. Um, keeps saying that the reason why they have to steal stuff is so that they could keep their house because his mom died. It's just like really dumb. Um, the dad then steals something from the clown that he sees once he goes through the Inferno area. And it's a clown suit. And apparently this clown suit is in Zach Bagan's. This is like a true Air quotes. I'm doing very big air quotes Uh right now for people uh, Uh listening. Uh, A true story about this fire, which if you want to look it up, do it. I don't really care that much about the show. So if you wanted to look it up, that's your prerogative. But basically, Zach Bagans has this clown's clown suit. It was one of the only things that survived the fire. And apparently it's like cursed, haunted, haunted what have you. Sure. Um, And it's at the haunted museum and that's what started the story. But there is one scene where the dad like pulls something out of his mouth and you can't really tell what it is. And the joke in the chat was like, Oh, I thought it was going to be a infinity magic scarf. And I was like, Oh man, missed opportunity. That would have been so funny. Um, But yeah, it's, it's not good. I'll just say that. Um, And that just kind of goes on to prove why you feel the way you do. And that's what I've been watching lately. It's, uh, it's, it's, there you go. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. And uh, having said that, thank you guys for listening. Um If you want to find us anywhere on the internet, just look up Ghoulish Tendencies podcast. Uh, we exist. We're all over the place. Uh, we find exist. us wherever you would uh follow podcasts we are there uh we also would love a rating and a review from you if you have spotify or apple podcasts and we also have a patreon if you're feeling generous financially uh in addition to with reviews and ratings so much uh, appreciated by us and um looking forward to the holiday season and getting you some new content so having said that thank you for listening and stay Stay.